getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Right, I think we got Steve from Auckland now. G'day, Steve. Oh, uh, kia ora, Staffy, we'll try again. A um, <laughs> couple of things, couple of things um, sort of stand out for me and how the rugby treat the NPC. A um, couple of weeks ago, when that daytime test was played in a covered stadium, down in Dunedin, 2.30 in an afternoon, really at the end of the day, sort of had become a, a bit of a meaningless test because... Um, the Bladers Lake Cup was already wrapped up, so the All Blacks roll out a B team. And then the NPCs put on hold and then played at 5 o'clock time slots and 5 past 7 time slots. It basically killed killed any sort of fan engagement because most people would have obviously stopped in to watch the test. And once you watch that, really, were you going to go out after that and watch NPC? <laughs> Probably not. And then... And then again on Twitter, um, they basically put a tweet up and it was a picture of, of Mr. Bean looking at his watch, waiting for the next All Black test. You know, their way of saying that, oh, there's nothing really on at the moment. We're just waiting for the next All Black test as, a, as opposed to promoting a competition that should be going. You know, it, they just frustrate the heck out of me and a lot of this damage to me has been caused by the NZ. New Zealand rugby over the years, chopping and changing, pulling players out of the out of competitions. Now, but on on saying that, currently at the moment, with the module that we got, I always liked the two tier competition because at least if you were a Manawatu or a Southland, we know those teams are always going to struggle just with their player base alone. But there was an opportunity to play in a semi final or a final, so I I liked that module. But one thing, if you had Steve Lancaster on. I would like to know, are these NPC unions audited on the $1.1 million salary? Because, mate, from what I've heard, there are unions way over those salaries at the minute. And, you know, it's about equality. One great thing about the NRL, you've got a salary cap, so everybody's on the same playing sheet. I'm not saying that, you know, you could arguably say there's probably no way in the world that Southland or Manawatu are probably even getting close to a 1.1 million salary bill staff, if you know what I mean. Not even close. But it, it, but it just it just shows you some unions out there are just absolutely not playing the game, probably hoarding a lot of academy players as well. I can't wait for that to change, if indeed it's going to change. But if you do get somebody on from the rugby union, is that side of the business audited? I'd probably say no. Mm, I know. Yeah, oh, so many questions. So, so many questions, Steve. Brilliant. Thanks for calling, buddy. I know your passion for the local game is just like mine. Thanks for giving us a yell. Yeah. No, cheers, mate. See you, buddy. We go to the far north, talk to Model from Tutakaka. Michael? Steffi, how are you? Good, thanks, Mike. Good. Hey, a couple of things for me. Um, I get the idea of moving out of all of these stadiums, but these stadiums have to be paid for. And. I suspect a lot of their revenue comes from you know, rugby, cricket, soccer and all of that because I'm sure that those entities pay the councils for those stadiums. Um, so I don't know how, how that gets replaced. But I think on the competition itself, 
you'd be better to maybe have a 15 or 6, like merge everything into a fit one NPC, which is a 15 or 16 team competition. Mm-hmm. So there's no first, second or third division, right? Yes, you could probably then play it at your smaller stadiums and that becomes a feeder competition into the um, into Super Rugby, right? Mm-hmm. Play it in the, play it in the, go back to playing it during the day in the afternoons. So you've got your afternoon rugby with your top 16 teams, a little bit along the lines of the NRL, and then you've got your Super Rugby on at night for you know so they can have all their money from their their um, broadcasting rights and all that. But that way you'd get a really good feeder competition. You play it, and yeah, I take your point, five or six thousand people at a game, and um, you know there'd be some angst about how you merge some of these unions together. But the ones you were describing, like Otago, North Otago, Canterbury and South Canterbury, all of that, that that all sort of works. It probably gets a bit problematic with Auckland. Um, and how do you sort of merge counties and harbour? You might put counties in with Waikato and Bay of Plenty, something like that. Mm. But I reckon you'd get a really good competition. Yeah, I think you would. There'd be some heartache and there'd be a lot of people that, you know, there'd be Thames Valley fans or maybe you can leave Heartland alone. I don't know, Thames Valley fans who don't want to merge with Bay of Plenty or, you know, Taranaki into Waikato, counties into Auckland, North Harbour into Northland. There'd be some angst and and, and I understand that, but I just feel like discussions need to be made. And your point on Eden Park and they have to pay for that stadium, I don't think that's incumbent on Auckland rugby to help pay Eden Park. Eden Park's as sta- a standalone business, and if the tenant says, "I can't afford this flat, I need to go and find a cheaper one," um, it's sort of unlucky to the landlord. But I don't know contractually what sort of long-term leases like Wellington have with Sky Stadium that Auckland have with Eden Park. I don't know contractually where that sits. But you can't tell me that five or six thousand people go into an Auckland game against whoever counties. That doesn't pay the bill for the rental of Eden Park. I, I, I can't see no, it. No, no, I get that too. No, I get that too. But just going, and, and I take your point, but just going back to your point about the teams, right? Like the world, unfortunately, the world's changed and it's moved on. Now, if you go back in the 70s when I was a kid in Hawke's Bay and we all grew up with those you know, massive Green 30 Shield teams and all that, Manawatu was, you know, the Manawatu Hawke's Bay fixture was just massive, you know. Mm. But the world was a different place then, right? There was really only rugby racing and beer. Mm. And and so we, we could afford to have, you know, I don't know what it is, 27 or 30 provincial unions. There's not the people playing the sport now to get the engagement back. You need to make it exciting. And we have to change the model because the model's broken. And just plugging away at it and putting a million dollars into it every year because we've got Silver Lake for a while, that, that, that's, that's got a short life lifespan, eh, you know? Oh, it has. That, that's, that's, speaking of unsustainable, just giving a provincial union a million bucks every two or three years to keep them afloat. That yep. They need that money because the current model's not working. And, and New Zealand Rugby have said the current situation's not tenable. So I'm looking forward to what they're their future plans may look like. So I actually have heard, just heard back from New Zealand Rugby um, saying that not 100% sure we can get it today, but they will look at coming and having a chat to me at some stage this week. So there we go. Oh, they, they're keen to do something with us this week. Yeah. Okay. Good on oh. you, Michael. Thanks. Cheers, buddy. We'll go down to, oh, we'll stay up here, actually. Bruce. G'day, Bruce. Yeah, g'day, mate. Yeah, just a couple of things. Um... Like, well, first of all, I personally, I think that um, 
and I've thought this for a while, but the biggest issue is the fact that they're trying to have all these different things, and it's a bit like trying to please everybody, and you end up pleasing nobody. Yep. And the, the thing is, is ultimately, I think the number one um, priority for New Zealand is to have a proper, fully-fledged, professional domestic competition. So when I say domestic, I mean super rugby, which includes Australia. They need to make that the pinnacle, the very best competition that it can be. And then underneath that, you can have like a an amateur NPC. But I just don't think, like in the ideal world, the NPC would be the professional competition, but we just don't have the finance to be able to have that many teams fully professional. You just wouldn't be able to do it. So like they need to get a fully-fledged professional competition, make it the best it possibly can be, and the NPC is a different beast. And like, I, it's just, it's not going to go back to the halcyon days no. um, because, the, you know, times have changed. And they just, we need, we as fans need to get our head around that and just accept that, that they'll be better off um, you know, like making sure that Super Rugby is really, really good. And, um, yeah, and I've got some ideas around that. But um, And then the NPC is almost like a feeder competition. Yeah, I... I like where that goes as well, and as I said, like I don't think you profess to have all the answers, but we've got a lot of discussion points, haven't we? That um, I think pretty much everyone's in unison that the MPC um, it's not completely broken, but it's 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 in disrepair, and I think a lot of people want it fixed. Yeah, yeah, no, it's. A, I mean, I love the MPC, and you know, I watched, you know, like I watched um, Auckland Tasman on Saturday night, and that was a great game, and. But I mean, I love it, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is it's like they can't, you know, with provincial unions losing money every year because of it, you know, mm. that that can't happen. So they need to do something with that. But yeah, I, you know, to me, they'd be better off. I personally think that we should have another New Zealand team in Super Rugby have six New Zealand sides. And I'd put it Bay of Plenty, a combination of Bay of Plenty, Hawks Bay, and then that, that is our comp with the Australian sides. And then the MPC runs underneath that as an amateur competition. And they use that as a domestic, like as a feeder to the super franchises. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think that's the way, the, the way of the future. Um, my, my only other thing would be that um, I would like something to be done with the Ramfilly Shield because, to me... I think that is the pinnacle and greatest domestic sporting trophy in New Zealand. And it would be a real crying shame if that just disappeared, you know, and just became something in that feeder competition. I think they need to really look at that and reignite the Ranfurly Shield. Yeah, I I would march on any authority that said the Ranfurly Shield was going, my gosh, I'm with you. That's the most important one to me too. Hey, Bruce, I really appreciate your call. Some really nice ideas. Thanks for calling. 
Uh, we'll take new sport and weather. We'll come back from Cliff, uh, with Cliff from Dunedin. 0800 Some good thoughts. Keep yours coming in too. Advertising solutions. Broadcast sponsor of SNZ's coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Sweden and Spain are gearing up for tonight's semi-final showdown at the FIFA Women's World Cup in Auckland. The winner sets up a showdown in Sydney with either co-hosts Australia or European champions England for the chance to be crowned a first-time World Cup winner. Swedish striker Fridolina Rolfo isn't sure who has the inside running. I don't know which team that are the favourite in this game. Um, I think we're both, when we're reaching semi-finals, I think there's only good teams. So um, I don't know about that. But I know that they have a great team and so do we. Get Maccas to your door with McDelivery. Broadcast sponsor of SENZ's coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Waterforce, your local water management partner. Partly cloudy across the Auckland region with the odd shower, then cloud increasing this evening. Breezy west to northwesterlies. Catch live commentary at the first semi final between Sweden and Spain at the FIFA Women's World Cup tonight from 7 on SENZ. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Double eight double three is the text line. Got some good texts in, which I will get to, but 0800 150 811, particularly the first hour takes precedence. So Cliff from Dunedin joins us. G'day, Cliff. Good day down south here. Good on you, boy. Yeah. Interesting interesting subject again. Mark Robinson coming out. No, I think every year I just about want to fiddle with it. The NPC, it, it just starts at the the start of the season when Super Rugby starts, the cream of the players are taken away and then Club Rugby starts and then Club Rugby doesn't even get finished and players can't even play the club semis and finals of their club competition and major centres because they've got to go practice with the, the Otago or the Auckland sides. So they miss utilising those sort of players. So it just keeps on compounding. Back in the day... You know, the guy was talking about the 70s and rugby. The division rugby in those days, or well, there wasn't really even a division. Everybody played somebody. Usually, Otago would start off with a team like Southland, and then they'd play North Otago, South Canterbury, and then they'd play Canterbury, and then they might play a small team, and then the season would take a long time to go through. Mm. And that's what it was. But until, you know, talking about these small grounds, you know, the, the World Cup here is, uh, they've spent a lot of money on Tahuna Park. Now, Tahuna Park in the day was a rugby league ground and they played a bit of rugby there too and football. And it, it's a good ground and it's got a grandstand. Now, it wouldn't take much to put a small temporary stand up and he'd probably get three or 4,000 there. And that's probably good enough for Otago. They've always got the University Oval. They could play rugby there if they wanted to yeah. in the season, but they probably don't want to knock the pitch around too much. So it's just finding the right balance because I don't think, like you say, when you hear them playing at the stadium, like the girls play there first before the men do on the Targo, and you, you listen to the game and it's so hollow because there's so few people, you can just about hear in every individual person talking because <laughs> there's no one soaking up the atmosphere and there really isn't much atmosphere there at all. And even when the men's played, 
you know, there's not a big crowd. You know, if they've got to double up and they still really don't get enough people to pay their way there, it's a, it's it, it's a thing that you've got to look at what you've got and what you need, isn't it? Yeah, I actually had a text from a guy down there, <coughs> Harry, um, and I'll read it while you're on the line, Cliff, saying, uh, I heard over the weekend that with such small crowds at Otago Games, it's no longer viable to keep playing at Forsyth Bar Stadium. And Otago Rugby are looking for another ground to play their home games. So it's starting. Yeah, well, Kahuna Park is certainly probably a ground that they could use, or, you know, even out at Mosgill, mm. you know. It's it's just, yeah, it, the game of rugby, if it's not World Cup or Bledisloe or something, it's not a big deal anymore. You know, it's still, it's, the amount of people playing rugby in, in any sport nowadays in this country, the country's grown to five million, but there'd be, there'd be only probably half the amount of people playing sport there was 30 years ago when the population was three and a half. Mm. It's just the way way the world is here. And yeah. uh, especially in New Zealand, people don't, unless they're captured by like the Ladies World Cup football, but it's a bit like the rugby because they were disappointed in the the Super Girls competition that the, the crowds weren't that good after the World Cup because... It's hard to keep people involved. You know, you can capture some people for a short time, but not everybody for a long time, do you? Yeah, and it's getting more and more like that. The the attention span's getting shorter and shorter as the world becomes more modern, Cliff. Yeah, you, you, people will go to the big stuff. You look at the golf, they could have 100,000 people on a golf course watching the goats. Mm. You know, people, they can get a good footballer and might go and take him to America like Messi, and you, you get bums on seats, and then you get money, you get people coming in and buying the jerseys and all the other stuff. Yeah. I don't know how many people would buy the Otago jersey or the Manawatu jersey nowadays. It would be nice to think they still do, but are they? Mm. I remember the impact when COVID was on and Aaron Smith went back to Manawatu, and I think he played about four games the excitement amongst the Manawatu rugby public just went through the roof because Aaron Smith was back playing NPC. Yeah, but just the problem is uh, he doesn't play any, usually. Some of these guys hadn't played NPC for eight or nine years. I know, yeah, some I know. Them, some of them hardly played a lot of super rugby, do they? No, I Let alone playing NPC. Remember, no, remember when Sonny Bill Williams went and played a game of club rugby in Christchurch to get ready to, to play for either the Crusaders or Cambrian? Four and a half thousand people went. That's what your big names playing in your smaller competitions does. That's right. Mm. People will go and watch something if it's got star ability. That's it. And look, there's good, there's good rugby games out there. It's just the days of getting fifteen or 20,000 just isn't happening. No, no. You know? might happen at the playoffs at the end of the year, the last couple of three games, but it's a, you know, it's what it is. Mm. And they've got to cut their cloth. The New Zealand Rugby Union have got to spend as much money now on the ladies' game as they do the men's. Now, if a guy, if the marketing department in New Zealand Rugby Union is not getting enough money out of the women's game and sponsorship and revenue, then it's got to come out of the men's game. And the men's game's already struggling. So... It's a tough walk, isn't it? Oh, it's a real tough walk, mate. Real tough, Cliff. Hey, appreciate your call. We've got more calls to get to. Uh, you have a fantastic day, buddy. Cheers, mate. Uh, Mikey in Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. Oh, g'day, Steffi. How are you going? Good, good. Hey, um, am I, um, 
In terms of money for MPC, so I'm assuming Sky pay a, a, a once or sort of amount of money uh, for the rugby rights. Would that be correct? Yep. yep. And and is it disproportionately in terms of the money, like most of that goes to the All Blacks, a little bit Super Rugby, and bugger all to the uh, to the rest of it. I I think it's a sum to be the rugby rights holder, um, but how New Zealand Rugby disperse that, I'm not sure. Um, I know when the Silver Lake thing came in, all of the NPC team unions got a million dollars. And as I mentioned yesterday, a lot of them used that to get out of debt um, and some would have put into various areas. But I don't know how much of it even went down to clubs. But again, I don't know. Um, Because you think about it, right? So, I mean, for me, say on a Saturday, I can sit there and watch back-to-back-to-back NPC games, um, courtesy of Sky, Mm. um, all televised. Mm. Um, And you would think there's, there's quite a number of people around the country thinking, oh, this is going to be a good Saturday or Sunday. Um, watching these games. So there's probably a lot of eyeballs on the games, particularly if you're interested in certain amount of teams. Um, and I wonder if proportionally they get the money that they should. Because if you think of, you look at something like Australia NRL, which is obviously a bigger competition, I'd say, than NPC. Um, but the marketing around some of these competitions is unbelievable compared to even our super rugby marketing, I think, is absolutely pale comparison um, to the um, NRL. Um, and then you bring back to the NPC. The NPC was almost like, this is the date it's starting, and it started. Mm. Where was the hype? Where was the excitement? Um, a lot of people, I, I made the comment to Smithy on the text, that a lot of people ringing up, including myself, we're all old buggers and we all pine for the old days. Um, but if you want eyeballs and you want um, bums on seats at the stadiums as well, you've got the marketing department severely lacking because they're not providing an excitement factor for what I still believe is a good product. Like on the paddock, these guys are busting their guts and women as well, mm. doing a great job out there. But the, the job in terms of the marketing of getting it to the modern, young, perhaps person is severely lacking. And and, and even myself, I, I always wonder, like, where's the marketing around this? Mm. I don't know. It doesn't seem to be a hype factor anymore, or yeah. if there ever was. Yeah, I don't feel like there's a want. It's the hands are up in the air, so I'm looking forward to what's what the future is, though, Mikey. Hey, great call as always, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day. Nice. Cheers, buddy. Uh, well, Graham, we'll get you to hold on there. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're talking to Tani Far Graham from Marlborough. G'day, Graham. G'day, Steph. Just firstly, mate, first apologies for my long-winded text yesterday, but I've been stewing on that since friggin' Sunday, mate, and I you no. were back, so I had to let I had to let rip, and and I want the discussion to continue. So hopefully, you get someone on from New Zealand Nepal because it's farcical, mate. What happened over there? Mm. Yes, I, I In agree. My view. I agree. Um, and um, I've got some questions for Nolene if you get it. But anyway, <laughs> the NPC. Um, well, mate, you know. Well, anyway, NPC we're talking about. Um, the death, the, one of the death the nails went in the coffin, uh, 1996, when you, you know, when it went professional. Mm-hmm. Before we used to go and watch our club team, and I was still playing then. And then we went and watched your Northland play, the Tanifar play, and then and then you hope like how you got a, one or two in the All Blacks or thereabout, you know. Or, or if you didn't, you went and watched the All, you watched the All Blacks. Now you throw in five super teams. You, you know, your disposable income is 
it's spread so far. Um, yeah, it's taken away the it's taken away the the, the gloss of the NPC because that was everything. Mm. And it's well to me, it still is. I love it. You and, and and you know the mighty mighty turbos and I love the NPC. I'm going to go and watch the ladies Northland ladies team playing the Tasman ladies on Saturday at two thirty here. Um, and three of the girls there, I played with their father, so they're coming and staying with me. We're going to have a bloody hoot, mate. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, you know. I'm, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to it, eh? And it's just, I haven't seen these guys for a long time. Um, and I'm looking forward to the game, too. But that's what it, that's what it means to me. That's what it, sh- and that's what it means. All the guys who have rung up before, that's what it meant to them as well. Mm. And we've lost that. And that's, and that's not our fault. That's the rugby union's fault, mate. Like, they've, they've, it's all about, it's all blacks and super rugby. That's all they care about. Mm. You know, they give 23 million, they gave 23 million to the women's game. No one goes and watches women's, you know. I'll be the, there'll be four Northland supporters there, mate, on the weekend. Oh, oh no, my daughter's coming. She reckons she's going to come and yell and scream and, and, and get embarrassed by her dad. But, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, we've lost that, um, we've lost the connection. Where we were from and, we lost the connection staff, eh? That's the word I'm looking for. And 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 and, 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 and I, I agree with a couple of callers. Take it to the smaller stadiums, like you say. If you get six thousand, well, if you get six thousand people at Lansdowne Park, we, we'll be going on the weekend. That fills it up anyway. So that's and it ha- and it has been full on a number of occasions. But you know, like Eden Park with four thousand, five thousand people watching Auckland, mate, that's a friggin' nightmare, isn't it? And same with Westpac, uh, the Wellington Stadium, Akara Park. They're getting bloody good crowds at Akara Park because Northlands, you know, we have got young Jack playing and and that sort of thing. But they're getting quite quite good crowds there. And um, mm, mm. yeah, we just need to reconnect a little bit more, right? Eh? That's and make it affordable, mate. You it. May, if you're charging forty bucks for an adult to go to an NPC, you're not. Who the hell can afford that? Mm. Like ten bucks at a small ground where the rent's potentially a thousand bucks to get you in there for a start. Like you say, get half a dozen hot dog stands, some coffee, and man, you're you're freaking having a good time, eh? But mm. it, we, it doesn't seem to it, it doesn't seem to register with those guys. Mm. Graham, we've got and, to scoot. I've, I've, I've got to get I've got to get one more call away before the ad break. But sorry to cut you off, on. mate. Good on you, champion. Uh, Bruce and Christchurch, you got a minute. Yeah, it's a bit like, uh, be careful what you wish for, Staffy. Graham, I agree with totally what he said. Also, suddenly we had this amazing opportunity. Oh, we're going to have professional rugby and join South Africa and Australia, and we're going to put it on TV and, and produce this amazing television watch. Well, and it was all about playing it at the time that the UK were going to watch it. Mm. So suddenly all the money went into that came from TV rights. All right, so that was suddenly all the emphasis, and the whole world changed. It hasn't really gone away from that. The world's gone crazy with paying people the amount of money from TV rights. So, I don't, I don't know. There's so many ideas. I'm not sure where you go. I don't know. But I know. It's you sort get, of broken you, in a lot of different levels. Yeah, we just need to get a bucket and a spade and go to the beach and build new sandcastles um, because we can't. The ones that's <laughs> working, just the high tide keeps smashing them down, Brucey. Yep. Yep. Good on yep. you, champion. We got a scoop. Okay. There you go, mate. Um, last break before the news. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
Right, I'm going to hit some text messages now and I'll carry on after the news. Um, this one came into Smithy earlier, which I enjoyed. It's a texting on behalf of the younger generation regarding the NPC. I love to watch it, and so do a lot of other young people, because we all know people playing in the teams nowadays, because they are our age. Some of them, oh, some uh, our age, some of them. Wednesday games are not the best idea, especially for drawing crowds. Great for watching at home. NPC, and the teams all need to do better about advertising games and dates. Most people didn't even know the competition had even started. Uh, ben here. The ITM Cup should be held concurrently and played as curtain raises for Super Rugby. Uh, that's from Ben. Oh, I sort of intimated that it's a, it's a really good discussion point. Um, a heap of texts. We're going to hold back Hamish Kerr, our high jumper, because I want to get to your text messages, and then we'll have Hamish Kerr out of Istanbul ahead of the World Track and Field Champs. But first, Johnny Max News.